Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing very good, thank you. I'm very glad to hear it. We were just having a conversation before we started about Gloomhaven. Mm, yes, we're both pretty deep in now, aren't we? Our perennial yeah. favourite, yeah, yeah. I'm in that weird position where we've got our whole party resigning within a few... Or retiring, sorry, within a few games of its of each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. soon going to be faced with an entirely new set of characters with unfathomable moods. Yeah, I think there's something quite special about that to have a sort of. It's almost like starting the game again, right? If that was a a computer game RPG, it's like retiring your entire party and being like, "I'm going to try a completely different loadout." It sort of the possibilities feel overwhelmingly exciting yeah and you've sort of become an expert in how your previous class plays Mm -hmm. Mm. and it's kind of hard to do that for the other characters like you sort of know what they do but it's hard to get a grasp of the real flow of the other characters Mm. like one of our players is playing the savas yeah the the Cragheart, rather yeah and they've only really come into their own i guess since because he's a newer player since level five Mm, yeah, pick up some good moves then, and like when we, because we, someone played it when we first started, and then they 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 stepped back from the campaign. So it's only mm. been in the past kind of two or three months I've seen the Sabbath in action properly. Yeah, and he's really cool. powerful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, all of those starting classes, if they all retire at like level three, level four, because you've finished your personal quests. You sort of don't see them at their high level. Like I've always wanted to go back and do a spell weaver and get it up to like level seven, level eight, because some of the cards are just insane. But yeah, yeah, we never, never really saw that. Anyway, Arkham. Anyway, Arkham. Let's talk about Arkham let's, as well. Let's, talk, let's talking about skill and how you pilot your decks. We actually ran a competition for listeners to design a skill card that cost experience. And I made things <laughs> very confusing by saying an upgraded skill card. But what I meant was a skill card that costed experience. And what we've done is we've picked our favorite eight and we put them in front of patrons to judge so that we couldn't be accused of being biased or anything like that. Not that we have been. And we're now going to reveal the winner of that competition. And I thought what we could do is maybe look at the ones that we chose and highlight just a couple of details about what we liked about those particular cards. Yes. Do I have to remember which ones I picked now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we can just, we'll go very gently through the list. Okay, good. We can, we can leap out. I can see one that I think you might have chosen. Yeah, there was some, I think there was some pandering to the judges, to be honest with you. Yeah. So first on our list was Hatchet Men, which is a rogue 2 XP skill card with double agility icons. And it read, if this skill test is successful during an evasion attempt, attach this card to the evaded enemy. The enemy gains reaction whenever this enemy is evaded. Exhaust hatchet men. Deal the attached enemy one damage. Now, this is one I chose. And I just really liked this for the way that it made evasion even more powerful. And I've actually had this recently where if I have pickpocketing down, I might actually stay at the same location as an enemy and just keep evading it because I make so much profit out of that. And the idea that you could also have hatchet men attached to that enemy and slowly be killing it, I just thought was a really fun idea for a card. It's sort of like a beat cop level two, 
but in Rogue... Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Shortcut Level 2, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 that's a nice shout. It's sort of doing the core thing that the faction does, but just adding even more value to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a cute card. I, I'm i not sure if it, it was meant to be like an upgrade of Hatchet Man... Because it's Hatchet Men. Yeah, but, yeah. Like it's sort of what it's quite a nice way to see the card evolve like that. And it actually makes me think, wouldn't it be fun if we saw cards that were sort of higher level versions of the previous card, but not in name? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't like you could have even luckier. and then then you'd have, you know, Sergeant and then you'd have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. even luckier is really good. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was the first first card on the list. So Defiance was one that jumped out to me, obviously. <laughs> what a surprise. Um, so this is 4 XP, still with just a single wild icon. Mm. Uh, and it has ignore the effects of all special tokens during this test, which is obviously the wording on Defiance level 2. Mm. However, it also has, if a special token was resolved, choose one of those tokens and add Defiance to your play area as an asset with seal the chosen token. Forced, after you reveal a tentacle... Discard Defiance. Mm. I like this because it kind of brings Defiance back to the original feel of Defiance, which is you pick a token and then Mm. you ignore that one, which is very tricky to get right. Yeah. And it's only worth really mitigating the impact of a really bad token in the bag. Mm. Say if your skulls are up to minus five or whatever, or, you know, in in the beginning of the Forgotten Age where you've got the, the poison token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Becomes like a second auto-fail, doesn't it? Yeah. But this added clause on it, on Defiance Level 4, gives you that feel again where you're targeting targeting one particular token. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I also think it's fun with some of the kind of bag-fishing-style investigators we're starting to see. So a a Jacqueline or or a Jim or a Mateo Mm. plays quite nicely with the way they like to dig through the bag and reveal lots of tokens. Yeah, that's really nice. It could even be nice with a guardian who's using eat lead and drawing extra tokens for shots. You could commit this to a guardian shot as well, just to add even more value to like landing a big shot. Yeah. It's nice. It feels like sort of Chthonian Stone has combined with Defiance. And I often find like I'd like to run Chthonian Stone, but at three cost and a hand slot, it's like one of those cards that maybe gets dropped from my decks. And... I probably would run Defiance level 2 if I'm doing a bag fishing deck. So this is basically like combining another card with it, which is really nice. Yeah. Pretty powerful for 4 XP. Yeah. Next. Next, this is definitely pandering to the judges. It's a card, it never rains, but it pours, but it's in quote marks. So yes, you classic. can see the little heart eyes in, in Peter's face. <laughs> it's a rogue 3 XP card with double wild icons. It says max 2 committed per skill test. Commit only to a skill test you're performing. If this test is successful by three or more, gain two additional resources during this upkeep phase. Flavor, she didn't know who was signing the checks. All she knew is that she'd earned them. So you can give yourself a plus four if you commit both. And if you succeed, then you're getting plus four resources in upkeep. It's kind of kind of clever, I suppose. Yeah, I like it. It's it's a it's an emergency cash, isn't it? Um, I think that it could even for three XP, you could even do with being a tad more more spicy. Maybe three res- three resources, mm-hmm. or, or just knock down how much you have to succeed by to do it. Mm. But of course, you know, it combines with double or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fits really well into that that rogue archetype, I think. Yeah, at the time that this was 
designed. We didn't know about Winnie, but it feels like a pretty juicy Winnie card straight away. You know, you're probably overcommitting in Winnie and get more value out of it. Why not? It's also, with Double Wild Icon, it's making me think of All In. It's sort of the resource version of All In. Yeah. That draws you cards. This gets you resources. Yeah, it's nice. Pretty good. And then we had Area of Influence, which was a Mm. mystic one. 2 XP with a willpower pip. May commit to a skill test being performed at a connecting location. While Area of Influence is committed to a skill test being performed by another investigator, Area of Influence gains willpower icons equal to half your willpower value, rounded down. If this test is successful, heal one horror. If Area of Influence is committed to a skill test being performed by another investigator, that investigator also heals one horror and you each draw one card. This is a complicated one. (laughs) It was pandering to me, I think, by being called Area of Influence because I banged on throughout Circle Undone about uh, rogues having a broader area of influence with the favours. Yeah, kind of a mad mystic card there, right? Yeah, like a kind of double fearless that draws a card as well and Mm. potentially gives you a lot of icons. It's like maybe two or three icons, willpower Mm. icons, extra willpower icons over the one on the card. Yeah, it sort of reminds me as well then weirdly of leadership, right? Where it's more icons for other people and yeah. I like the image it conjures of this mystic sort of striding forth in the middle of your party. It's a little bit like, is it... Maybe slightly like a bard character in role-playing games that are, like, sending out buffs around all of their partners. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice with Jim, actually, just imagining him playing his trumpet. Playing his trumpet, soothing people, everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Okay, so next up is For My Final Trick. Again, in quote marks. Again, pandering to the judges. This is a rogue 2 XP card with no icons. Commit only to a skill test you're performing. I like that people entering this competition have picked up on the selfishness of rogues for my final trick gains plus one wild icon for each action you have initiated this phase no i I just i love everything about this card actually (laughs) and and in fact as you read it i've just noticed something else which is that it the the use they've used perform for the skill test as well which ties it in with the theme of the final trick (laughs) yeah yeah i just think it's it's it seems really straightforward it's, it, it, it is straightforward but I think it's mm. it's there's a lot of theme packed into the very simple design of the card mm. and I think like it, it and I think I would pay XP for it yeah particularly in a certain type of deck because it could be like you know endless icons on that card <laughs> yeah yeah for me it sort of screams like inverse take the initiative because this is garbage in mythos <laughs> But becomes really powerful as your turn goes on. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I was going to say in, into the into the enemy phase, but actually, it's only the actions you've initiated this phase. Yeah, it could almost yeah. do with having the is it the fated trait? Yeah, yeah. It could. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I suppose the advantage of this is you could chuck it in. If you chuck it in first action, it's still one wild, isn't it? Because you've initiated one action. Yeah. Potentially, it's plus three at the end of your turn, and then. In Rogue, like if you're playing a payday deck where you're hoping to take four, five actions a turn and then payday, yeah, like this for that final test, you could. The thing that I love about it is, like you said, it's so packed with theme, it allows the Rogue to do things at the end of their turn that they shouldn't have any rights doing. Yeah, like if you have taken a five or six action turn, 
by your final action, you could be taking a willpower test or, you know, investigating a high shroud location without any other boosts because you've got this card that's become a plus six. And you're just like, yeah, and my last and all the other players at the table, I can imagine being like, huh, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. You're like, ta-da. But then also, like, you imagine you take your turn and then you play swift reflexes on someone else's turn. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then you put quick thinking into that test and double or nothing. <laughs> and then then for your final trick, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to investigate this seven shroud location and pass. Wow. Yeah, that's really nice. I can see it also then having this really nice influence on how you play, because obviously you want to stack the most important tests at the end of your turn, Yeah, which is exactly what Fated does as well. You kind of try and behave in a certain way so that you finish off with a Fated card. And to an extent, that's how Bold works as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like front-loading or back-loading your actions in some way. Yes, Cool. Really nice. If if you'd pushed me to pick a winner, I might have gone for, for, my, for my final trick. Mm. Well, it was definitely in the race for winner. No spoilers for the result. Yeah. Yes. Next. Do you want to do the next one? I do want to do the next one. It is your turn, but I'm going to do it. Oh, this is, is it? Inquiring Mind. It. It's a Seeker card. It's the 2 XP version of Inquiring Mind. And it has only a single wild icon. So it's lost two wild icons. If there is a clue at your location, Inquiring Mind gains two wild icons. If this skill test is successful by two or more, discover one clue at your location or a connecting location. This is another fairly straightforward card, but I think also one of my absolute favourites. I loved that it's lost the clause about you need a clue to be able to commit Inquiring Mind. And instead, so you could now commit Inquiring Mind anywhere, but it's only a single wild. But if you still play it like Inquiring Mind level zero, it keeps the same icons. And then it's also gained this ability to get you clues and clues at connecting locations. It might actually be a three or four XP card. It's pretty strong. It reminds me of, you know, when you see the upgraded Rise to the Occasion. And it's got fewer icons on it. And you think, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. And then you realise, you <laughs> yeah. read the text and you realise. It's like that. It's, it's, oh, wait a minute, one wild icon? Why would I yeah. upgrade to this? Mm. Yeah, so the upgrade is sort of giving you more utility for the card, which I like, widening its scope. And then adding on this really cool ability about getting a clue at your location or a connecting location. I love, like, imagine as the seeker that you... You even could leave a clue behind at a high shroud location and move to a low shroud location, investigate with inquiring mind. You're getting plus three because there's a clue there and the clue on your new low low shroud location, as well as the clue that you left behind on your high shroud location. Yeah. That seems really seekery. And obviously you're using field work to get the plus two on your... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, second last, we have Dark Ritual which is Mm -hmm. a Mystic 3XP card, and it has three wild icons. When you commit Dark Ritual to a skill test, you may remove up to three Doom from a card you control, then add up to three Doom to another card you control. Dark Ritual gains wild for each Doom added, and loses wild for each Doom removed. There is an old illusion. It is called Good and Evil. Friedrich Nietzsche. This is great. (laughs) I've I've got a slightly tangential story about... Netrunner. I know I often tell Netrunner <laughs> stories on, on the podcast, yeah. but I, there was a, a chap I knew who lived in Newcastle who used to come up to Edinburgh to, to, to play in the tournaments we were doing. Uh, really nice guy, often had totally bananas decks. 
and he was playing one that had I don't know whether you remember this, Frank, but there was a, there was a, a five three agenda called Labyrinthine Servers, mm-hmm. and what it did was it you could spend a token on it to stop someone from jacking out of a run. Mm. Okay, and no one ever used it because it was, was it a Jinteki? It was a Jinteki one, yeah, yeah. And he had it in his deck, and a friend of mine asked him about him afterwards because after seeing his deck list, there was no obvious synergy with mm-hmm. the rest of his deck, and he said, "Oh yeah, well." I needed a 5-3 agenda. Uh, I didn't have the influence for Global Food Initiative, which is the, the classic mm-hmm. one. None of the other 5-3 agendas really suited the deck either. So I picked this because it would make people scared. They'd see that and think, <laughs> oh my God, what's he doing in this deck? Mm. And to an extent, Dark Ritual reminds me of that. It's like, I, I don't know what it does, but <laughs> I don't want it anywhere near me. <laughs> I just I, I love it as, I think it's a really cool combo piece. I think mm. it it's pulls. You can of course just ignore the moving doom around. Yeah. Or you can move doom from a card you want to keep to a card you don't care about keeping. Yeah. So move it off arcane initiate and onto your forbidden knowledge with the last secret on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could add more doom to say Renfield right before the agenda is going to advance. Yeah. You know, you could do all this if you could move it off your blood pact if it's about to flip the agenda and just mm-hmm. not worry about the icons. Yeah. I think there's, there's lots of kind of edge uses of it. Mm. And if we see more play with Doom, this is a car that would be a, a lovely little like workhorse piece in that deck. Yeah. What I'd say that is really stands out for me about this card is that it's essentially competing with, competing with Moonlight Ritual. And the real downside, I would say, about Moonlight Ritual is that it takes an action. Yeah. And often the turns when you're doing the big Doom plays and piling Doom onto Dark Pact or Renfield or whatever it is, Dark Pact, um, Blood Pact, that's the turns when your actions are really pressed because you're fighting a big enemy or you're trying to do lots of investigating and that extra action for moonlight ritual even in marie can sometimes feel a real push yeah and i've actually been playing with someone who's using knowledge as power and de vermis mysteries to be able to replay moonlight ritual fast from his discard pile using knowledge as power and not putting a doom on it's a weird combo but it's really good but to make it actionless because the action of Moonlight Ritual can be the thing that's the real kicker. And there's so many times I've seen where someone's taken us to way over the doom of the agenda and said, don't worry, I'll be able to clear it. And then something's gone wrong for them <laughs> and they don't yeah, have the yeah. action. And Dark Ritual is a skill card. So baked into all of those big fights you're doing, exactly as you described, you can be chucking it in. You could commit Dark Ritual, remove three doom from a card so it has no wild icons, but you've still cleared three doom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play it for no doom to remove, uh, for no icons to remove three doom. Yeah. And, or if you, you know, you've tapped Alyssa Graham, looked at the top card of the encounter deck, hate it, put a doom on her and drop that card to the bottom. You can still, Dark Ritual is still an unexpected courage that also clears the doom for you. Yes. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's quite a potent card, I think. And just, it's just cool. And funnily enough, it's a little bit like for my final trick, the rogue one that gains wild icons for each action you've initiated. This one, if you need a six wild icon card in Mystic, you can, I think, 
just add three doom and go up to six wild. Although the wording says you may remove then add. So I'm not sure, given how it's worded, if they hope that you have to remove the doom before you're allowed to add the doom. But given that these are not, you know, tested final cards. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can interpret how we like. Okay, so there's one card left. Yes, the winner. Do you want to read it or should I? Should we both read it on <laughs> on the count of the three? Count of three. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I'll read it and you tell me about it. This is on the count of three. It's a Guardian skill card, three XP, and it has a single wild icon. It has the Myriad keyword, which means you can buy three copies of it, all for three XP. If the test is successful, each investigator who participated in the test either by performing the test or by committing cards, heals one damage or horror. Multiple copies of this card may be committed to another investigator's test. Flavour, three. I think this is, for me, this was a real flavour win, and it was such a such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't help but, but fall in love with it. This idea of, you know, the Guardian sitting there with three of them in their hand, and then someone else is participating in a test. And you you go one, two, three. And maybe everyone's playing the cards at the same time, committing the cards mm. to the test. I think it's just really cool. It's really really nice, and it really emphasises that that feel of teamwork you often get with the guardian cards, like you're in it yeah. together. And they've got committing cards to the test is someone mm. having your back kind of thing. Yeah. What I really, really like is that guardian have a lot of cards that help other people, but this card encourages other people to help as well. Yeah. Because you say, look, you come on, lads, let's, well. let's, let's do this together. Yeah, exactly. And you'll get two damage healed for it because I've got two copies of on the count of three or whatever it is. It's like a, everyone gets a heal as long as they join in, which is really nice. Really nice. So it was a really tough battle between for my final trick. Congratulations to the creator of that card and on the count of three. But on the count of three, just one out in the end. Uh, the the lead changed hands several times in the voting, which was quite exciting to watch. So yeah, congratulations to the creator of On the Count of Three. If you're the person who created it, send us an email, get in touch, and we'll organise sending you a copy of The Blob That Ate Everything as your prize. Obviously, given the current state of affairs with postage and delivery all over the place, it might be a little bit delayed. Sorry about that. Uh, it's slightly out of our hands. But we slightly, <laughs> yeah, it we'll is partially our in our hands, is it? <laughs> we'll do our best to get it to you. Yeah. So yeah, thank you everyone for entered. I hope it's got people excited thinking about skill cards as well. Since we started the competition, there've been the survivor skill cards, the one XP ones, you know, sharp vision and brute force, which I've loved playing with. I thought they were great. And then Eye of Truth came out as well, which is sort of insanely strong skill card yeah, for yeah. five XP. So it was almost like. Matt heard us. Um, and once again, just thank you to everyone who entered. Yeah. We had so many entries yet again. It was hard. In fact, it was sort of a relief to pass it on to the patrons to vote for the winner. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard to even get it down to the eight we did as the kind of finalists. Yes. Yeah. We were. It was, what, 11 or 12 between us? Yeah. Before we'd, yeah. So, yeah. No, really cool. Again, just wowed by the creativity out there. There's so many interesting ideas. 
a lot of people wanted to do uh, sent in upgraded versions of Intrepid, and maybe we should just do a, an episode on Intrepid. Yeah, at how, some point. how do we make Intrepid work? Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting to see all the different ways that people thought XP could affect that card. That, that's just a whole separate discussion. Okay, well, next on our agenda, agenda today, mm. are we going to talk about draft? We are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exciting. Yeah, this is capturing the zeitgeist. For us. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's take a step back. What is a draft? So a draft. I th- I don't know where it originated. I should have looked this up before I started saying the sentence. Hmm. I'm going to guess magic. <laughs> it's certainly in in the kind of a CCG mm. world. Magic seems like where it must have started, right? Yeah. I believe in magic, the way it works is everyone, you use booster packs and you open the booster mm. pack and then you pass those cards around. Effectively, a draft is a way of creating a deck or, or selecting cards from a deck. You get given a hand of cards. There must be like, does bridge work like this? I think hearts has a bit of a draft element, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. You pass bridge the cards, know. you pass cards left and right and across in hearts, mm. I seem to remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So it's a way of building a hand of cards based on a hand that you get given, and then you trade the remaining cards away to another player. Mm-hmm. There's a few like board games that do it as well. I know you do it in Terraforming Mars. Mm-hmm. You're given a hand yeah. of cards, yeah. and you pick one, and then you pass the rest along. And the way it typically works in a competitive game, or the way I've played it in the past, you'll you'll have like your set of cards. You know, you get given a hand of cards. You pick one, pass the remaining cards along in a in a direction determined by the round of the draft and obviously you get a full hand of cards minus one from the player on your other side and then you pick one of those cards pass the rest along and so on until you're left with the kind of dregs yeah in in the last the last cards and then after after you've drafted your your deck you'll play a mini tournament against everyone else in the draft Mm. what's appealing about it is that there's several levels of game going on which is that you're not only thinking about the deck you're trying to make you're also thinking about not passing cards that the players in either side of you will like along <laughs> yeah if you know yeah. a particular player is collecting a type of cards you might mm-hmm. want to pick that card you know a key card for that piece you might want to pick mm-hmm. that out that's often known as hate drafting <laughs> so, <laughs> so they don't get it i know when we play terraforming what mars one of my friends always goes for the titanium cards, the titanium generation cards, and then everyone around him just picks all the space cards, which is what you use titanium for. And he he sits there saying, "Well, why is it? Why is there all the space cards?" And well, well, you're not getting any because you've got all the the production cards that help with that. Yeah. So really, I guess the appeal of the draft is that kind of multi layered game playing. Not only are you playing the game, but also you're playing a game to build a deck to play the game. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it sort of removes that element of you've spent weeks or months preparing your deck for some tournament, fine-tuning it, and instead it says, no, 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 we're going to do all of that preparation on the day in a kind of fast and loose way, and you're going to slightly wing it, and you're also going to do it with other people. There's like a sort of communal element to it, right? Yeah, absolutely, yes. And you'll find that you know, things like economy cards are often really useful because you don't know how many you're going to get. <laughs> if you see yeah, one of them, yeah. you've, you've got to balance this cost of, if you get a hand with like a power card and a, an economy card, you've got to balance whether you're going to see more economy or what other power cards you're going to see. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a fun equation to try and balance in your head. 
Normally, drafts that I've seen have something like a draft ID or a uh, maybe like a core of cards that each deck gets, yeah. just to give you a bit of a frame. So it might be that you get a couple of economy cards, but they're not the cards that are considered the best economy. They're just there. I think in Magic, you get given a certain amount of lands just to start, so you don't have to be panicked about drafting lands. I could be wrong about that, though, because obviously you could draft really fun creatures in Magic and then not be able to pay for any of them. So I think you get given a certain amount just as a kind of gimme. It can be really enjoyable. I found that one of the things I enjoy the most is that it throws a lot of the established rules of, a, of normal deck building out of the window and it encourages you to think in kind of creative ways. Uh, one draft I took part in, everyone was told what cards were in the draft before we began. Not not the exact numbers of cards, but just what the card pool was. So there was a chance to, to sort of look and familiarise yourself with it. But then when the drafting began, obviously you open a pack and it doesn't have any of the good cards of the pool. And you think, oh, okay, I need to think again how I build a deck out of this. So we've been talking about drafting Arkham for a while. I think since Arkham in Flames 2019, you started talking, wouldn't it be fun to do a draft, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult in... Several of the elements that you normally have in a draft aren't present in Arkham. It's not a competitive game, so you're not drafting against other players. Yeah. And I think one of the things I've always tried to do is insert that element of competitiveness, which is difficult. It's a difficult thing to do, and it's not something everyone enjoys, to be honest with you. Yes. And I think, yeah. actually, honestly, one of the other issues is that part of the fun of playing a drafted deck is this idea that you've cobbled something together from scraps. Mm. And you're you're surviving by the skin of your teeth, but actually, there's there's already an Arkham faction which replicates that. That's that's the survivors' <laughs> whole thing, right? Yes, yeah. The other aspect, I think, as you just mentioned, really, is the factions. And when you draft, unless you're you're drafting for Lola, there is this limitation about how your investigator deals with certain cards. So if you, unless we were to create a draft ID. If I'm drafting and I'm hoping to play skids and I just keep seeing Mystic and Seeker cards, either we say you can run cards from any faction, in which case, do I really want to draft Shriveling or Rite of Seeking as skids? Or do I just think, oh, this is garbage. I really want to hold on for those juicy rogue agility related cards. You know, all of that can be yeah. a bit confusing. Or, or you put, you put um, IDs in the draft is another option. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you uh, use the neutral investigators from the Circle Undone. Yeah. So part of the appeal, as you just mentioned, was playing a kind of non-optimized deck and making the best of it and everyone else doing that as well. And obviously in Arkham, what we also have is the ultimatum of chaos, where you can scramble a deck. And Arkham DB will do this for you as well. There's a button that you can just say chaos and it will put 30 or however many cards in your deck, cards at random into the deck. But the deck will still be legal or it will try to be legal as best it can. And so some people love playing chaos campaigns where you start with a chaos deck. I nearly have recorded doing one for the listeners. I haven't done it yet, though. <laughs> and so what we've stumbled upon is that a member of the community whose username on Discord is Jack and Zan has been enjoying playing chaos, but found that what was happening was when they came to upgrade their decks... They normally just upgraded them in much the same way to kind of smooth out the problems of that Chaos deck. And they've created a site called Arkham Draft, which allows you to generate a deck 
as though it's a chaos deck, but with some small amount of drafting. So you can tell it how many cards you want it you want the deck to offer you, or you want the draft to offer you rather, and you get to pick from those cards. So say you can set it to to five. Every time you need to pick a card, it will offer you five and you get to pick one of them. So your 30 card deck is built out of 150 cards, but you are selecting each time. Or you can put it all the way down to select from two. And if you obviously put select from one, it's just a chaos deck. It just gives you whatever you take. It also has a setting for draft in stages. And in that, you can set how many cards you're going to be offered in each stage and how many stages you want. I think it's currently set to three. So for instance, what you could do is you could say the first 10 cards, I get a choice of one each time. So it's just chaos. But then the next 10 cards, I get a choice of three. And the last 10 cards, I get a choice of five. Right. So you can build your deck or you could do it the opposite way. The first 10 cards, I get a choice of five. So I get to build a bit of a core of the deck that I want. And then after that the choices get lower and lower, something like that. I've actually spoken to this uh, Discord user behind the scenes, and one of the things he's looking at as well is how to draft investigators with, say, small off-classes like Finn or Marie, because one thing that could be fun is that you get offered your off-class first, and then you get the rest, you know, your rogue and neutral or mystic and neutral after that or also the inverse of that could be good if you draft 25 cards that are your main class and then right at the end it offers you off class if you're doing a standard 5-2 split on this site it offers everything at the same time at the moment so there's obviously lots that can be done to improve this but I mean I saw it and had a quick go on it and just really enjoyed the process I just drafted a Roland Banks deck and yeah it was really fun I gave myself a choice of three and I sent you the link and I'm pretty sure it got you excited as well. <laughs> I did, yeah. I went. I drafted about three decks straight away. So, should we do a draft? Yes, we absolutely should, yes. Which investigator are we going to do? That's a question for you. Yeah, maybe we should stay simple, stay corset. Yeah, skids. Let's do it. Should we do skids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And right. are we going to just do a simple draft where we get a choice of three? Yeah, let's do that. One? Yeah, three, okay. three each. Cool. Right, do you want me to hit the button? Let's do it. Okay, our first three cards... Mm-hmm. Right, we have Stealth Okay, <laughs> yeah First Aid Or Crystallizer of Dreams Okay So we could go Crystallizer and go Event Heavy Yeah, we've got no way of knowing how many events we're going to get offered mm-hmm. First Aid is a pretty straightforward just utility card, right? Yeah But Stealth, I do like Stealth And it builds into Skids' strength of... Agility, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stealth is stealth could be nice. Let's say as well that we're playing multiplayer. Okay, yeah. And that we're setting out on an eight-part campaign. Okay, right. I think it's probably worth having having that vaguely in mind, but we haven't determined what campaign it is yet, so we don't need to worry more specifically. Yeah, I mean, stealth could be the kind of tasty choice and we're going to lean into agility, and that might be more reliable than trying to lean into events only with Crystallizer. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like stealth is effectively an agility boost. Yeah, and that's like core. This is our our, our core philosophy for deck building. Really, is is build on your strengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, should we pick stealth? Yeah, it's cheap as well, which is good. Okay, so that's one stealth into the list. Okay, next we've got. Ooh, this is a tougher choice actually. We've got cheap shot, mm. eavesdrop, and hatchet man. Ooh. 
our intellect is only three at the moment. So eavesdrop's probably a no. Unless we encounter something with a very low uh, evade value, which we can't mm. count on. So I think it's between Cheap Shot and Hatchet Man, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. They both help evade in their own way. Yes, they do. So with Cheap Shot, we're evading at seven. Well, sorry, fighting yeah. at seven, rather. And yeah, then and they both add damage. That's a really interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I would lean towards, I guess I would lean towards Hatchet Man because it doesn't cost any money, mm-hmm. even if it's slightly less powerful. And in, we're ne- we haven't seen any economy yet. Yeah. And remind me, Hatchet Man, does it say the next time this enemy is damaged this turn or this phase? This turn. Okay. So either we evade something and then hit it, or we commit that to someone else who's about to hit something. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit I more think spe- Hatchet Man. You reckon Hatchet Man is a bit more specific? Mm. Let's do Hatchet Man. Why not? Right. Oh, my word. Okay. So we've got Backpack, <laughs> um, Tetsuo Mori. Okay. Or Backstab. Mm. Backstab seems like the more obvious pick here. Yeah. We're leaning into agility. It works well with Hatchet Man. Like, first action evade. Backstab becomes four damage. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Backstab. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Okay, ooh, three Guardian cards. Okay. We've got Trench Knife, uh, we've got mm-hmm. On the Hunt, and we've got 35 Winchester. <laughs> okay, that one <laughs> seems straightforward to me. You, Trench Knife and Winchester both aren't particularly strong weapons, and On the Hunt allows us to find an enemy that we can then evade. I would be tempted to agree with that, yeah. And it, 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 it's almost... It's encounter card avoidance as well because we're not drawing something nasty we're drawing an enemy instead which theoretically we can deal with a bit better yeah theoretically theoretically okay let's go on the hunt then yeah let's go on the hunt it's cheap as well right yes right we've got oh dear this isn't a great choice um we've got (laughs) warning shot okay we've got no firearms yeah Yeah. (laughs) we've got eavesdrop okay or we've got perception Mm. i'm sort of tempted to pick perception here me too. If we'd pick, we picked a firearm at the last step. If we picked the Winchester, then maybe the warning shot to be a bit more appealing. Mm-hmm. And if we'd picked eavesdrop a few rounds ago, then maybe the perception now to make that eavesdrop land. Yeah, would maybe be useful. But I think just a straight perception. It means we investigated a five, and it's a bit of draw. Yeah, that's yeah. That's going in. Nice. Right, okay. This is an interesting, interesting choice as well. We're at 5 and 30 now, by the way, just so you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've got the list as well, so if you want to refer to anything else, I can, I can Maybe tell when you. we get to 10, we'll do a refresh. Do a refresh, yeah. Okay, so Switchblade, mm. you handle this one, mm-hmm. and Dodge. Hmm. I mean, that's good. Yeah, nice nice selection then. Why didn't we get one of those cards in the Winchester Trench <laughs> round? Yeah. Um, this is the fun of draft, isn't it? That you yes. get a hand that is you'd like all three and then a hand you wouldn't like any. <laughs> well, I mean, I think any of these three is a legit pick. Mm-hmm. I am sort of tempted by Switchblade because it's a weapon and it's it's a it's a healthy... Oh, it's not a healthy combat boost. <laughs> no, no, no Switchblade Zero. Yeah, it is a weapon. Well, funnily enough, Switchblade was probably the the one I was least tempted by. What was the one you most tempted by? 
Uh, I was most tempted by you handle this one because we've said we're playing multiplayer. It's a small bit of economy. You get a resource for playing it. Yeah. Give skids a bit more protection. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can see that. Let's do that then. Dodge, I feel like we're going to be evade. We've got a decent chance to evade enemies. So yes. the usefulness yeah. of dodge maybe drops a little bit. Yeah. Um, so let's go with you handle this one. I'm sold. Okay. Right. We have got delay the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Li- liquid courage. And dynamite blast. Whoa. Well, at two willpower, I don't think liquid courage, although it would be nice and thematic. Yeah. Don't think that's going to do much to help us. We could feed other people alcohol, I suppose, if we have a mystic in the party. We could, and it does, of course, just heal a horror. Even if you yes. fail the test, um, you've yeah. just got to discard a card. Yeah. But I think we can do better than that. Mm. But which are the other Dynamite two? Blast, very expensive. Yeah. We've seen basically no economy yet. I love Dynamite Blast in skids where you can do things like uh, play on the lamb, collect up a load of enemies, and then elusive away and sling a dynamite blast on them yeah is doable we do have and we know we have on the lamb i think a one-off dynamite blast is actually pretty tasty and if it's a toss-up between a one-off dynamite blast or a one-off delay the inevitable unless we'd said we're definitely playing dunwich in which case delay the inevitable goes up in in power yeah we've not said that so let's go dynamite blast yeah let's do it oh ah baby um, right, so, actually, oh, there's two good cards here. Oh, no. I'll give you yeah, Well, yeah. we've got, there's Tetsuo Mori. Yeah. Too noble for his own good. Is that one of the good cards? There's Take the Initiative. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And there's Machete. Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the kind of choice that we live for in draft, isn't it? Yeah. So I think Tetsuo is a no, because so far we have nothing that Tetsuo could fetch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So our choices between Take the Initiative and Machete. Mm. I would lean towards Machete. And if I was asked to guess what you would say, I would have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. That's like that puzzle about the, the guy who lies and the guy who tells the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Peter what he would pick and then do the opposite. Yeah. So and I, let me try and get your reasoning. We've got you handle this one and on the hunt to protect us a little bit from the mythos. We've already got a good stat in agility to evade, deal with some enemies, things like that. Having just a weapon that if we want to kill an enemy rather than just evade it could be useful. Could kill things like with doom, like cultists or pesky hunter enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense to me. If we're going to draft a weapon, let's draft a good weapon. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's the, you know, it's on the taboo list for a reason. Yeah. Let's do it. Right, it's in. We'll probably, if we can, if we want to fight with it, we'll probably need some more combat icons in our deck. Yes, absolutely, yes. Okay, right. We have Cheap Shot, Mm -hmm. Intel Report, and and First Watch. Ooh. All relatively decent, I think. Yeah. Now, Intel Report, I sort of feel like we've got... We don't have a strong enough economy to really get the most out of that. What... How many cards are we at? Is this number nine? This is this will be number nine, yeah. Yeah, okay. And we've seen basically no economy. Yeah, we've got you handle this one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> card for a coin. That's very nice. Yeah. First watch Intel report. Like cheap shot, I think we can pass on. It's a two cost event that's doing stuff that we already do. Yeah. I think. 
Yeah. Intel report is nice for that like high shroud clue. The double intellect icons mean if we're not paying for it, we can at least commit it. Yeah, that's true. And that's then true. first watch is just a kind of more encounter deck manipulation. Yeah. Guaranteeing that we draw the enemies to go on the lamb or whatever it is. Like that could be if we split up from everyone else and then first watch and pick two enemies and give the treacheries to people who can handle them and we just sort of completely separated our enemies from the pack feels very thematically skids doesn't it leading them on a sort of merry dance but how often is that going to happen you know you first watch and see three rotting remains and an ancient evils yeah yeah what are you where what are you which way are you leaning um oh, i don't know actually you made a good point about intel report with the two icons yeah intel report is a very strong card Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Okay. Even if we just spend two and buy a clue off a four or five shroud location, that's still good. Yeah. Right. So we now have You Owe Me One, mm-hmm. Sleight of Hand, and Emergency Aid. Ooh. Okay. It's not an ideal choice. No. I'm loving this kind of encounter deck theme coming up. Yeah. Just from the choices we've got. Yeah. So we could go You Owe Me One. And pull agility treacheries onto us if we hit agility treacheries. Or even intellect no, treacheries. You've, you're, tested it. you're thinking of let me handle this. Oh. You only one is you look oh, at... Oh, you almost the pick. Look yeah, at the hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not that then. <laughs> well, I don't know, actually. Because the, the, you, you obviously you don't have the cards in front of you, Frank. But you do... Mm. If you play a card from the hand in your control, you both draw a card. So there's a bit of card okay. economy there, which is which is nice. And if you want lean and play someone else's emergency cash. Exactly, yeah. They'll love you for that. <laughs> yeah. Sleight of hand, I kind of want to discount because we've got one item at the moment. Yeah. I don't want to spend yeah. one and sleight of hand to play a card that costs three and then have to play yeah. it again the next turn. It gives you the advantage of not having to play it yeah, sure. until you really need it. But yeah, we can evade anyway. So and what was the third option? Emergency, emergency aid. aid. Yeah, not not damaged. really feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with you owe me one then. It's a bit okay. of fun. And is that our card number ten? That's card number ten. Yeah. So remind me what's in the deck. Right, we have machete and stealth are our two assets. Sweet. We have yeah. six events. Maybe we should have gone for the crystallizer. You handle this one. You owe me one. Backstab, dynamite blast, intel report on the hunt, and then we have hatchet man and perception. Okay. So we are sort of leaning into the agility theme, yeah. but just with a heavy smattering of diluting it. Yeah. This is how draft works. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have Delay the Inevitable, Watch This, and mm. Pickpocketing. <gasps> Come on! <laughs> Gotta be pickpocketing, surely, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say it was a surefire Watch This using agility for economy, but then pickpocketing, so good. Yeah, yeah. let's grab pickpocketing. Grab pickpocketing and hope that someone passes. Watch this background to us <laughs> in 10, 10 passes. Yeah. Right. Okay. We have swift reflexes, mm. beat cop, or mm. scene of the crime. Oh, a tough choice, I think. Yeah, I could see all of those fitting in. Yeah. Which way are you leaning? Well, beat cop feels a bit expensive. As I say, we still haven't got much economy. Mm-hmm. Scene of the crime, two clues because we we got on the hunt and. We took... No, we didn't take First Watch, did we? No. I've had Swift Reflexes in a few decks and I've never played it. 
And it swift reflexes is just Skids' ability. Yeah, and it's got two icons. Sli- slightly more flexible than Skids' ability, but we've we've got that ability baked in already. So Scene of the Crime, I think, is the best pick here. I think so too, on the hunt, Scene of the Crime. See ya. With Intel Report and Scene of the Crime, they're two cost cards to get clues. Yeah. We've got the perception to get clues without paying, but this deck really wants some money. Yes. Well, this is a tough choice again, actually. No money, unfortunately. We've got Manual Dexterity, Mm -hmm. Machete, Mm -hmm. and Perception. Wow, that is a tough choice. I'm tempted to pick a second Machete, just so we've got two good weapons. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. We could essentially ignore weapons after this point. Yeah. (laughs) The the, the flavour text on Perception is, at last I found it, obviously referring to the Machete. (laughs) Very good. Let's go Machete then. Yeah. Oh, still no, still no economy. We've got a uh, forty-one Derringer, yeah. trench coat, and mm-hmm. interrogate. I don't think our combat's high enough for interrogate to be effective, and we've already got clue cards mm. in the deck. Yes, trench coat jumps out maybe is the best pick here. Mm-hmm. Plus one agility for evading. Yeah, pretty pretty core core to what we're doing, and it's a little bit of soak. Yeah, should we go for that? We've got nothing else in the body slot, and no. nothing we're planning to have in the body slot, so why not? It's in. Oh, this isn't a great choice again. Swift reflexes, you handle this one, and interrogate. Mm, if we go, you handle this one, it's economy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the economy in the loosest sense. Let's do that, let's do that. <laughs> this this deck, like the way it's going to play is that... Skids will just refuse to have encounter cards for the first couple of turns, <laughs> yeah. desperately trying to build up some resources. Okay. He's like the guy on... Um, it, it's on the art, right? You handle this one. Yeah, He's yeah, like yeah. That yeah. guy sitting, sitting back. smoking. He's not <laughs> joined the fight. Take an action yeah. just to, to take money. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tetsuo Mori. <laughs> Yet Come again. On. Yeah, yeah. Triple Tetsuo. If it bleeds and intrepid. Ooh. Man, I'm sort of tempted to pick Intrepid just because it doesn't cost any money. (laughs) (laughs) Tetsuo, we don't have an ally yet. We don't, Tetsuo could soak for everyone and could fetch us our machete. Yeah, 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 that is true. Or our trench coat. Or our trench coat, that's true. Or bring us back our trench coat from our discard pile. Yeah. But he's three cost. (laughs) Yeah, Intrepid though needs to be committed to a willpower test. Yeah. Which is a tough ask. Doesn't have to be committed to our willpower test. No, you're quite right. Yes, we could... Someone else could handle a willpower test and we can commit intrepid to it. Yeah. Should we do that? Uh, I mean, the the toss-up here is Tetsuo, the cost of... He's useful, but the cost of him is a bit of a pain. Yeah. Whereas intrepid is probably not that useful... But it is free. Like we're drafting a one willpower icon yeah. card. Let's go for Tetsuo then. But I think you've talked about it. But it's around. free. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It'll just stop offering us Tetsuo. Okay, right. We have, watch this, finally. If it bleeds yeah. and hard knocks. That seems to me a watch this. Yeah, hard knocks would be a nice pick because it's just stat boosting. But at the moment, we just don't have the economy to support it. Yeah. Agreed. So I think watch this is a great pick. What we really want is like a lone wolf or an investment. That would be lovely. Right, okay. We have taunt, mm-hmm. fine clothes. In our body slot. Yeah, yeah. and let me handle this. 
that's the pull a pull an enemy onto yeah. us or pull a pull a card onto us. Pull an encounter card. What do you reckon? <laughs> I'm like staring out the window, <laughs> sort of wondering why we ever decided to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 enjoying doing it, but just thinking that I don't even know like what vector to approach deciding between those three cards. Like my brain just went what? Interestingly, Taunt and Let Me Handle this both have willpower and combat icons. Oh, okay. Let's discount fine clothes. Yes, I would. That's what I would have said as well. We, I mean, because we have filled our body slot. <laughs> Taunt will get us an enemy yeah. onto us, yeah. but only get us an enemy. Let me handle this. We'll get us an enemy if someone else draws one, or we'll get us an intellect or agility test off someone. Yeah. Or even at a push, pull something like, uh, although we said we weren't playing Dunwich, a Beyond the Veil off someone else. Yeah. I think it has slightly more options. It can act as a taunt but also act as a skill boost if we really need it. Okay, let's do it then. Let me handle this. That would be my line of argument. <laughs> wow, okay. So we have <laughs> Opportunist, okay. Solemn Vow, or okay. Followed. Followed! No, Solemn Vow has two willpower icons. Solemn Vow, you put in someone else's play area and they can send damage and horror to you. Yeah. You know, with stealth, opportunist is not too bad. Yeah, remember it's three or more though. Yeah. Do you want opportunist? Well, I'm just thinking, you know, say we're at agility... Four minus two. Opportunist, we're then at five. No, it's two stealth, isn't it? Minus two. Yeah, that's minus two and opportunist is giving us plus one, so we'd be at five. Opportunist? And it's just free. That's what I'm really thinking. Yeah. Although the two wild in, in Solemn Vow is all right. Two will. Not will, two sorry, wild, yeah. yeah. Oof. One wild and opportunist, yeah. Opportunist. Let's go opportunist. It's more skidsy being an opportunist. If we, we could almost upgrade into a kind of succeed by two style yeah. with pickpocketing two, stealth three, loads of, yeah. Opportunist. Right. Uh, liquid Courage. Manual dexterity or backpack? I think this is a pretty straightforward choice to be honest. I think we just go manual dexterity. Backpack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Yes. Manual dexterity. <laughs> right. So that is 20. Oh, wow. The second 10 went a lot quicker than the first I know. 10, We're just desperately like. hoping for some economy. <laughs> yeah. Skip, uh, so just skip. a quick reminder. We've got yeah. two machete, trench coat, Tetsuo Mori, pickpocketing stealth. Let me handle this. You handle this one. You owe me one. Backstab, Dynamite Blast, Intel Report, On the Hunt, Scene of the Crime. Watch this, Hatchet Man, Manual Dexterity, Opportunist, and Perception. So we only have, by that count, six assets. Yes. So even though we don't have a lot of economy, at least we're running somewhat light. Yes. Asset-wise. Okay. Right. Uh, So we have Trench Knife, Physical Training, and Henry (laughs) One. He's economy. He's economy. (laughs) Just to remind people... I mean, needlessly, obviously, because everyone plays Henry One. But his ability is action, exhaust Henry One, one at a time, reveal random tokens from the chaos bag until you choose to stop or until you reveal a special symbol. If you choose to stop for each token revealed via this effect, you may either draw one card or gain one resource. If you revealed a special symbol, do nothing. And just to remind everyone, just 
even though everyone obviously remembers his cost and icons, please. Yeah, he's three cost and one agility icon. And he's one health, two sanity soak. I think if we can... Tr- an action for two resources might not be terrible in this deck, which has no other money. Right? Yeah. So I say we pick Henry. What were the other choices? Physical training. <laughs> yeah, but that's, we've, we have no money. Yeah. Uh, and trench knife. Which is a no. Yeah. Wow, okay, Henry it is. I can't believe the draft is doing this to us. <laughs> and I also can't believe you've committed to play this deck. <laughs> yeah, forever. This is it. It's the only yeah. deck I can play now. <laughs> <laughs> right, prepared for the worst. Inspiring yep. presence and overpower. I think probably overpower. Or prepared yeah. for the worst does fetches the machete, though. Tetsuo does that as oh, well, though. Does, doesn't he? Overpower. Yeah, I think overpower means we land a machete hit. Handcuffs, if it bleeds, and a lucky cigarette case. Hmm. Just to remind you, handcuffs is action. If handcuffs is not attached to an enemy, evade. Use only on a humanoid enemy. This evasion attempt uses combat instead of agility. If you succeed, attach handcuffs to the just evaded enemy. If the attached enemy is non-elite, it cannot ready and doom cannot be placed on it. Yeah, so you had me at evade, but then you lost me at use combat. <laughs> and actually, for an evasion style, you want enemies to ready, yes. because you want to keep evading them. You want to pickpocket them. Well, yeah. I think Lucky Cigarette Cases may be the, the pick here, then. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. We might get a draw off a Perception Investigate. We might offer uh, an evade, particularly with stealth. And we might even often overpower Machete Swing get a card yeah so there's quite quite a few options right this is this is a relatively tough choice okay uh, we've got i'm out of here yeah we've got pickpocketing yeah or we've got henry one again Ooh. okay going up to three allies tetsuo and two henry's is not the end of the world no doubling up on pickpocketing which is like our core thing might be very nice and if we get stealth two pickpocketings and a cigarette case down with you know we're singing at that point. Yeah, who needs resources when you have all the cards? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Just need a Patrice's violin. Yeah. Yeah, I think pickpocketing. Yeah. That's like that was the plan from the first drafted card with stealth that we would do agility. And if we were thinking about upgrades for this deck, pickpocketing two is so strong. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is bad. This is really bad. Okay. <laughs> There's. I'm laughing and I can't even see what the cards are. <laughs> We've got fine clothes. Yeah, probably no. <laughs> Bandelier. What? No. And Alice Luxley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Luxley is not bad with some of the things we have in this deck. No, no. She is a four cost asset, though. <laughs> Yeah, if we can upgrade right. into some it takes us to intellect money. four, so we'd we'd be a reasonable investigator at that point. Yeah, clue getter, but we could like scene of the crime and then hatchet man evade or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we just pick her for the lack of anything better? <laughs> she's one intellect icon, right? Yes, okay. and she's plus obviously plus one intellect when she's in play. Fine clothes is one cost. It's a one one soak. Yeah, like. Reduce the difficulty of skill tests you perform using parlay actions by two. And an agility icon. And bandolier is one health soak. You have one additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold a weapon asset. 
Bandolier, I think, is a definite no. Yeah, it's it's a it's the it's the one where the text on the card does literally nothing for us. Yeah, yeah. So I think the toss-up is between adding a one-cost asset that we probably won't use, or a four-cost asset that we might use but could put us in a hole. I say we go for Alice. Really? Yeah. We used to about to say fine clothes. Yeah, because you know, fine clothes. Even if we say parlay a lodge near fight, that makes them willpower zero, which we could then do. And if we play Carcosa, fine clothes and last king is useful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if we don't like, if we haven't seen trench coat, paying one for a one-one soak is not dreadful. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine clothes. Okay, I convinced you. Wow. Oh man, this is another terrible set. Okay, well I'll let you make the choice. <laughs> trench coat. Uh, del- okay. Delay the inevitable yet again, and desperate search. Desperate search is the four intellect icon. If desperate you have current. three or fewer remaining sanity. Yes. Which we could get. Yeah, I, I'm tempted by desperate search to be honest. How many assets do we have in the deck now? Ten. So adding another trench coat is maybe not worth it. I think Desperate Search is the obvious pick here. I think so too. Let's do that. Oh, wow. Okay. So, we have Henry One yet again. Double or Nothing. Ooh. And Steadfast. Steadfast and Desperate Search. Bit of a nombo, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, not great. But Henry and Double or Nothing. I mean, Double or Nothing is a, is a very good card, obviously. Mm, yeah. Especially considering we've got things like backstab and watch this in the deck. Mm. Even double or nothing a hatchet man. Yeah. Is good. Yeah. Pickpocketing as well. Look, super wreck. Does it work with those or are they after? No, they're after, after. yeah, so yeah. they don't work. Machete, we've got. We're not really high stats. I think. No, yeah, that would be my fear that we want to do a double or nothing backstab, but we can only get to about six or seven. <laughs> Sort of tempted by Henry, again, just to try and get him. Because if we can take two resources off him a turn, yeah, I'm going to go Henry. Okay, I'm making a choice, Frank. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you decide that one. That's fine. Wow, wow. Okay, so we have daring. Is that wow good or wow bad? <laughs> we yeah. have daring. Daring. Prepared yeah. for the worst, yeah. and I'll see you in hell. Definitely daring. Yes. Like we were just talking about low stats. That's a plus three to fight or evade. Absolutely, yes. And it draws us a card. That's great. Right. Uh, sneak attack. Okay. Perception. Yeah. And watch this. Oh. I think it's got to be watch this, right? Yeah, it has to be. has to be. I would have been happy with oh. either of the others, though. Right. Lucky cigarette case. Yeah. Uh, burglary. Okay. And interrogate. Not interrogate, obviously. Oh. A one-off burglary? I think so, because it's just... If we get, like, a a one or maybe a two-shroud location, potential to gain three resources for an action is really useful to us. Yeah? Yeah, the Lucky Cigarette case is so much better, but, like, economy is what we need. How many choices do we have left? This is 29, so we've got this. Okay, burglary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to do burglary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that was it. That was the, Sorry, that was the 30th Oh, part. that was 30th? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, okay. What deck have we built, Peter? This is horrendous. Okay, so shall I just run through the cards once once more? Yeah. We have two machetes, two lucky cigarette case. Sorry, one lucky cigarette case. Fine clothes, trench coat. Two Henry one. 
one Tetsuo Mori, burglary, two pickpocketing and stealth. Then we have let me handle this, you handle this one twice, you owe me one, backstab, dynamite blast, which seems ridiculously optimistic at this point. Yeah. Intel report, on the hunt, scene of the crime. And then we've got nine skill cards, two watch this, daring, desperate search, hatchet man, manual dexterity, opportunist, overpower, and perception. So I'd li- again, it, it kind of feels quite thematic because it's like a, a breaking and entering skids deck. Yeah, it is, yeah. Because we've got burglary, two pickpocketings, and stealth. And then also the dynamite blast to torch the place down after he's finished. And I like the fact he's kind of intel reporting on the hunt as well and scene of the crime. Is him like slinking about trying to find an opportunity to steal some something. It's got Tesla's clues, so those perceptions can be used for burglary. Yeah. Which is nice. And then if that draws you more cards of Lucky Cigarette Case, that's no bad thing. And I think what's jumping out for me is that there's maybe a bit of a succeed by something build in there. Yeah. Where, like particularly in Evade, if you can throw in a watch this, a daring, and a double or nothing, yeah, you can make big money. If you could, if you could upgrade your pickpocketings into pickpocketing level two, mm-hmm. and then maybe upgrade your stealth as well, or something like that, you know, yeah. you could be making actually quite a bit of money every turn. Yeah, is stealth level stealth level three is the upgraded one, right? Yes, and it doesn't take an action exactly. to evade anymore, yeah, so yeah, it gives yeah. you a free evade every turn. So you could arm the hunt for an enemy, and then stealth to evade it, triggering both yeah. your pickpocketings to get money and cards, and then mm-hmm. you still have a. Th- Three action turn. Three action turn. Potentially yeah. with two resources to put straight into... Four actions. Into four actions, yeah. yeah. Or also because you it's a free action to evade, I think you can then scene of the crime, first action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have you could have gone broke with on the hunt yeah, and then just suddenly be up at two resources and get two clues and move on. Yeah, and that, that's a good target, that test, for watch this as well, because that might end up being a zero difficulty test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Should have picked the double or nothing. Did we not draft a double or nothing? No, we didn't. We didn't. Oh, I don't okay. know what was in that, that hand, but it, it didn't seem worth it. Oh, okay. Maybe it was another perception then. Maybe it was, he- it's maybe funny it was how Henry one. <laughs> <laughs> you took Henry one over double or nothing. Wow. So this was a really fun exercise. It'll be really interesting to hear what you, the listener, think listening to this. Yes. How often were you yelling at your podcast device demanding that we draft something else? If you want to try out this draft, I'll put the link to it in the show notes. And I know that it's going to change in the next while and that Jack and Zan has ideas for how they want to change it up and what they want to do. It's also got a section where you can do upgrades as well. So there's lots of different options. Yeah. How was that process for you? It's quite stressful. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, it, it's so variable. You can come out with something that's like absolutely killer or you can come mm. out with something... That feels like it's going to fall apart. But what I do like is it... it, And in fact, this happened the first time I tried it with Agnes. And I built that weird meat cleaver fight or flight Agnes deck. Mm. (laughs) Um, Which actually looked really good fun to play. And then I built a thematic deck based on it that used a high level, a high number of um, survivor cards. So in a way, just like the inspiration to try something cool, Mm. you know, that's there. And I think I could I could play a scenario with this deck and see how it goes. I don't think it's any worse than the the starter deck. <laughs> yeah, 
And I think if if the draft even forces you to use four or five cards you might not have used, yeah. you know, those those four or five times you were like, oh, this is a really bad choice. Those moments, like if this meant that you played Henry Wan a bit, that's good. Even if you then were to say, you know what? It's really hard to make any value out of this card. <laughs> yes. But at least then you've, you've, you've tried. And tried it. Yeah. And like everyone else who's talked him down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I thought that was fun to do. I mean, I think the next stage is working out what you would do with a deck you draft, because obviously it is fun to just draft, as you say, and then use that as a starting point for decks. But I'm kind of enjoying the appeal of setting off on a campaign, and part of the goal of that campaign is sorting out your deck, you know? Like, it's starting with a chaos-adjacent deck, which I think is quite nice. I think I would much rather do this than a chaos because it gives me some agency in what goes into my deck. Mm-hmm. It might be yeah. even good fun to just get a quick start and a campaign. Yeah. And just, you know, 10 minutes before, route through this, build a silly yeah. deck, and then away you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without yeah. having to sit down and think about it. And maybe come up with the same deck you always come up with. Or maybe come up with, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I really like the idea of the phase draft as well. Because if the first 10 cards are chaos... Yeah. Then you've got 20 choices to try and bring order to that chaos or to also, you know, expand one's mind and look and say, right, this deck is not how I would normally build skids, but it's really leaning me heavily towards combat, say. So for the next draft, I'm going to really lean on combat icons on, you know, whatever it is. That could be, yeah, really fun. And I'm sure each investigator has those alternative builds out there, but it takes maybe the first few odd choices before you start really exploring that route yeah yeah great okay well we'll, sh- we'll share the deck list for what it's worth and <laughs> Good, we'll share yeah. a link to the draft tool for people to have a go great at. and yeah. uh so what did you say the username was it's jack and zan jack and zan j-a-q-e-n-z-a-n-n and uh, all thanks to them for putting together the tool because it's really good fun yeah it's really good and I know they've got, I've spoken to them behind the scenes, they've got loads of plans for how they want to change it and improve it. But I think as a starting point for thinking about that kind of raw feeling of draft, it's really cool. Oh, there's one final thing I'd love to say. Yeah. I would love it as well if we could, if there could be cards removed from the card pool. Right. So you can taboo cards out. Yeah. Or just, you know, all the way through that draft, we were hoping for economy. Yeah. Imagine if we knew there was no Lone Wolf and no Emergency Cash. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think we chose as best we could with what we were offered. Yeah. But, yeah. It would be fun to build a what's called a cube as well. So, like, a, just a selection of cards from which you draft. Because mm. then you can mm. sort of tailor the pool a bit towards offering people some interesting options. Mm. Might be cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure this is all on the list of things to try and implement. Great. Cool. Well, we'd love to know your thoughts about drafting. You can reach us at drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook and Twitter. And we're drawn to the flame on Patreon. Shout out to all our patrons. And designed by humans if you want to get any drawn to the flame swag. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U N I T L E D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit and Discord. And Instagram is the.unitled. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E, and I'm F-E-B on Instagram, 
And then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. And yet, as the members severally shook their heads and confessed defeat at the inspector's problem, there was one man in that gathering who suspected a touch of bizarre familiarity in the monstrous shape and writing, and who presently told with some diffidence of the odd trifle he knew. This person was Matt Button, Professor of Anthropology in Princeton University, and an explorer of no slight note. The muffled beat of tom-toms was now faintly audible far, far ahead, and a curdling shriek came at infrequent intervals when the wind shifted. A reddish glare, too, seemed to filter through the pale undergrowth beyond endless avenues of forest night. Reluctant even to be left alone again, each one of the cowed squatters refused point-blank to advance another inch toward the scene of unholy worship, so Benny Damsgaard and his nineteen colleagues plunged on unguided into black arcades of horror that none of them had ever trod before. Is that from The Call of Cthulhu? Yeah, both of those are. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like um, infrequent intervals, little little alliteration there. Yeah. And uh, black arcades of horror is... Well, I was, I was sort of amused at who presently told with some diffidence of the odd trifle he knew. <laughs> it had it had the, the custard below the sponge. Incredibly odd. worth noting that it's no this isn't the one that's myriad that's on the count of three so this is yeah this is just uh normal because it's one it's normal. Normal. But myriad yeah. <laughs> and that's the normal type <laughs> there is an old illusion it is called good and evil Friedrich Nietzsche. 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 Hang on, I'll say that again. Friedrich Nietzsche. So, how's that pronunciation, Frank? It was alright. I think it's Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah. So, I'll try it one more time.